Presented by In We Go. I'm Henry Chisholm, and because of the coronavirus and all that stuff, Andre Simone is calling in so that we don't get each other sick. Not that either of us is sick, but just in case. Um, how's yeah. it going, Andre? Doing great, man. I'm so looking forward to this. I know I told uh, Mile High Memories on Twitter that we'd get that up in the weekend, and it's just it's just taken a while to coordinate all this, but I'm so amped that the NFL offseason is going on as scheduled. We've already got some great news coming in. I'm amped to come in and do this with you because these are always a blast. I appreciate you guys reaching in and asking, hey, are we going to do the pod this week and everything? Yeah, we're going to do the pod as always, regularly scheduled. This week, we're going to have some catching up to do, so you're going to get a double dose as we do when we miss a pod the previous week. And, you know, thank you guys for reaching out. That gives us so much strength knowing you still want um, all our draft pods and content. And you've got a bunch of questions. And, dude, I'm just amped to talk football with you, man. I can't wait. I know. It's it's just been so crazy because I've been doing all these buff pods. Like, you know, we had Ben Girding on and a whole bunch yes. of that kind of stuff. But they, it's all been talking about how sad we are that there's no sports and how to, like, approach it and try to, like, spin that into a positive and all that. In the NFL... Mm-hmm. The sports world hasn't really stopped. No. You know, it's pretty much just going on the same way. Like, sure, the pro days are canceled or, you know, you you uh, can't meet with the team and there won't be fans of the draft. But for the most part, we're still getting all the news and all the changes that we had hoped we'd be getting from this part of the year. Yeah, big time. And today, of course, with, um, you know, the league year officially starts Wednesday, but now the tampering period has started, so... Teams can start pulling off deals and stuff. It's, I mean, it's one of the great days of the year, and the draft hasn't been moved. So, man, it is so on this offseason. I can't wait. We get to just talk about sports, and I could not be more ex- excited. Um, True. Well, let's just dig into that news first. Um, probably the biggest story of the day. I think there are two competitors for this spot, but number mm-hmm. one, uh, at least to me, is De- DeAndre Hopkins getting traded to Arizona for David Johnson. There's some picks being exchanged. Uh, the the Texans yeah. pick up a second-round pick. They also ship out a fourth-round pick and get a fifth-round pick back for that one. Um, what's your initial reaction to that deal? Rough, man. Rough from the Texans' perspective. Yeah. And rough for the NFC West, which was already the most loaded like conference in football with the Niners, Rams, Seahawks. And now the cards just got significantly better. Um, and where it's really relevant for the Broncos is that the Cardinals who are picking at eighth overall, that was one of those spots where it looked like a wide receiver would be very likely to be taken. Now, though, you're looking at the receiver core, even though they love to go four wide, they're going to have Hopkins, Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella on top of Hakeem Butler and some other intriguing names that they've drafted. 
So they're loaded at wide receiver. I think this should put them out of that receiver market with that eighth pick. Very nice for the Broncos, hoping that Ruggs, Jerry, Judy, or CeeDee Lamb drop to them as a, a scenario I had unfolding in my mock. But it also means, man, now the the scenario of 11 offensive tackle or four, the top four offensive tackles being gone before that 11th pick, all of a sudden that starts to pick up steam as well. So um, the Cardinals taketh and giveth, I guess. Um, so, you know. <laughs> That's that's kind of where think, we're at, but that's really intriguing. Yeah, I, I think running through most of these deals, um, my first thought has always been, huh, should the Broncos have gotten in on that instead? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this one's a tough one because you look at where DeAndre Hopkins is at, three years left on his mm-hmm. contract. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think like a $12.5 million cap hit this year. Um, it goes up to a little bit under... 14 million in the last year the thing is he's upset with that contract he wants to get reworked so we don't know what the numbers exactly would be right but right if you were john elway and you knew that you could give up a second round pick and whatever else to get deandre hopkins would you have made that deal for the broncos well especially when you're able to get rid of a bad contract like david johnson's yeah i mean that's where they're really burglarizing the the Texans is by unloading or yes, yes. The Texans. Yeah. Is by unloading what was already a bad contract for them um, with David Johnson, who's since being injured and missing all of not last year, but the year prior, his contract just doesn't look good. Being able to unload that on top of everything else is where they really make out like bandits. Um, Yeah. In an ideal world, even though, you think, boy, we need more of that speed separator. Like, um, let's let's check in on what the market is for Stefan Diggs more so than DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, at that price, that's just a steal. You don't, you, you just can't say no to that. So yeah, all day I would have taken that. But let's see what happens with these receivers, um, because you know, more natural fits like Amari Cooper or Diggs are still out there. And Diggs fairly recently tweeted out. Um, a pretty cryptic uh, tweet as well, kind of letting the world know that he's uh, he's with a foot out the door, to say the very least. Um, yeah, it's time for a new beginning. He tweeted out today, and this was yeah. after that happened. So <laughs> not subtle. And, you know, the Cowboys on their end, they had to franchise tag Dak Prescott. A fine idea, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means that they had to use that tag on him rather than Amari Cooper. So Coop is also out there in the mix um, on top of this historic wide receiver class. And, you know, guys like Anderson for the Jets, who would be that speed separator. So it does feel like, oh boy, the those options at receiver are out there for the Broncos. And there are plenty of them between the free agent market and the draft right now. Yeah, I think so. Um Looking through some of the other stuff, you know, I've never been high on bringing in the big name guys, you know, the the Amari Cooper type, just Uh because there really isn't much room for that to be a good deal. 
You know, yep. when, when you're resetting the market to sign somebody, you're pretty much saying, yeah. well, hopefully they live up to the money we signed them because it'd be pretty, pretty much, much impossible for Amari Cooper to be worth more than $22 million or whatever he ends up getting. And I think right. that that's part of the reason why the Broncos were so successful in building the defense that last time around because they bring in, you know, DeMarcus Ware for less than you would typically see a guy like DeMarcus Ware go mm-hmm. for, you know. Mm-hmm. They offer the contract to Dominique Rogers Camardi. He says no. So they offer the same contract to Aqib Talib. He outplays that contract and right. that becomes a great deal. And so that's why, you know, as, as frustrating as it is that maybe the Broncos haven't brought in a big name guy, they haven't been a part of this big rush. I really do think the value is in the second tier, like the B tier guys who have the potential to give you A tier production on a B tier contract. I am nodding forcefully. Yes, that is exactly. Oh, correct. I wish I could uh, see that. We're gonna I have know, to I do know. like a Skype or a Zoom or something next time so I can see you. Totally, totally. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're figuring all this out too, guys. So, so bear with us. The quality will only get better, um, but the content will remain the same. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I I agree completely. I think that's why the Patriots have had so much success, and they're not necessarily great at drafting. It's that they're really good identifying those second tier guys who you're not going to pay them for what they're about to do. And as you say, there's really like they're maxed out. They can only live up to the contract. They can't exceed those expectations, but identifying Mm -hmm. guys who are maybe being overlooked because they're coming off a down year or what have you, for example, AJ Bouye fits that mold. Um, That's the kind of guys you want to identify and see if you can work out a team-friendly deal and really attack that. I agree completely. In fact, I think it's a somewhat good sign that the Broncos have managed to stay out of um, conversations for the bigger names thus far. Yeah, I I just don't think that that's a good way to spend your money. Um, I do think that there was probably uh, one guy who has been signed already who could have been a potential target for the Broncos, and that's the Nick Kwiatkowski, the linebacker uh-huh. from Chicago. Um, do you have any yeah. thoughts there? Are you disappointed to see him go somewhere else? Um, what are your thoughts? No, he's one of those guys. Boy, the linebacker situation this whole offseason, I, I have a hard time identifying that true upgrade on what the Broncos already have. I think there are some options in the draft. A few guys who, as cover linebackers, can come in, be groomed under Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel for a year, and then kind of take over that that spot that Todd Davis has had. Um, but, you know, as much as, yeah, he's not that rangy, like, cover ace, uh, Todd Davis did his job in being a sound tackler, uh, showing a high IQ, and limiting any big plays. So yeah, he might he might have let Travis Kelsey get open on 10 to 15 yard in routes all day, but that's his job is to allow 10 or 15 yards, not allow that 50 yard big play that's going to break the game open. Um, so in free agency, you're going to have a harder time finding that true upgrade. They're going to be guys that are better in coverage but they're not going to be as reliable quarterbacks of your defense. Their IQ isn't going to play as well, and they might take some bigger risks and allow some big plays that Todd Davis would be able to avoid. 
the other thing is like guys like Corey Littleton kind of fit that mold, right? For the Rams. Yeah. Littleton's going to be a huge upgrade in coverage. He's going to be a, a significant downgrade in run defense. And I've heard people say similar things about Joe Sherber um, from, yep. from the Browns as well. So that's kind of a buyer beware type market where you don't, you don't want to overpay like you don't want to pay twice as much for an upgrade on Todd Davis when really it's not even an upgrade. It's just an upgrade in a certain area while downgrading in another area. Yeah. And you know, those are actually the two guys I was going to bring up because they do fill probably the biggest hole that the Broncos have had defensively for the last six years, maybe. Mm-hmm. So what what would it take? Like, would would you be interested in changing out a Todd Davis type for a more cover heavy type? Do you think that with with Alexander Johnson out there as a tackler, you can afford to maybe bring in a true cover linebacker? Um, I mean, with the defensive line in flux, maybe that makes things tougher. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. On paper, I do think that's definitely a way to upgrade the defense and fit more into what Fanjo's had success with with his defensive schemes in the past, particularly Chicago and San Francisco, his more recent successful stops. Um, I'm not sure they feel that way. I think they value what Todd Davis does bring to the table fairly highly. Um, and that's why I think really the best option is to kind of identify a guy who you can pick with one of those third round selections and kind of groom them for a year and then really go at it um, and try to make that your plan going forward after 2021, yeah. you know? I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and one of the things that really scares me about bringing in Corey Littleton and Joe Schober, who and I would love to see both of them. I, I, yeah. I don't think that either of them will be worth the money that they'll need to right. be offered to come to Denver. But yeah. if one of them does end up here, it'd be impossible not to be excited about them. Um, totally. With that said, the problem is, you know, in that base 3-4 package, I think um, you, you can justify having a, a linebacker who's much better in coverage and one who's much better in tackling. It, it's when mm-hmm. you take one of those two linebackers off the field that you start to have problems. Um, yeah. Because yeah. that would be Alexander Johnson who's off you wind up having one of the guys who isn't a great tackler and all those little draw plays could wind up going for eight, nine, ten yards every single time. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I do think it's important for us to have this conversation, though, and say it isn't just a a lock that getting one of those upgrades makes the defense better. Um, Totally. I don't know. Totally. It'd be fun, though. I think it's one... It's one of those positions they're kind of torn on because Vic has such high standards that you almost do mm-hmm. wonder, like, man, are we just better off keeping what we've got? Then again, if you got a guy who really fit that mold, who can lock down those underneath routes, the quick timing routes, dude, Ugh. that that unlocks so much more time for that pass rush to get after it. Man, I, yep. it's significant defensive upgrade. It would be. And, and figuring out how you deploy that, though, um, when, when that is a one-dimensional player. You know, you could have Will Parks do that if you wanted to. Well, you could have, have Will yeah. Parks I mean, 
Yeah, exactly. Like, like you could have yeah. him play that dime linebacker spot um, in college football. Mm-hmm. Like, call it like the money spot, all that kind of stuff. Have him lock stuff down, but just know that he's getting pushed around in the run game, and he'd get pushed around more than Joe Schobert or Corey Littleton. But right, Good who point. knows how much more? So, there are options. I think that that makes. Uh, I've been messing around with those draft simulators a lot ever since the uh-huh. Broncos got the the like their 11th pick their 9th 10th and 11th pick yeah, um, yeah with those compensation comp picks right. it's too many you you, yeah. you don't need that many picks you just totally don't. Is. and totally and when when you look at the places where you could move up in the draft i do think that getting back into the top of the first round or to the bottom of the first round makes a lot of sense and maybe you do see a kenneth Big murray cut. uh patrick mm. queen type right there somebody who is good you know capable of covering and playing the run but it does just feel to me like that's the broncos plan is we're going to get one of these guys it might not be this year it might not be next year they're just going to wait until they find somebody who can do all those things and until then just go with the patchwork linebackers you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i'm with you i'm with you all right uh one more Big deal that happened that we haven't talked about. Um, that is uh, DeForest Buckner getting Ooh. traded to the 49ers, the defensive tackle. Um, oh, wait, did I say two 49ers? Uh, the Colts. He goes to the Colts, to the Colts from the yeah. 49ers yeah. in exchange yeah. for a thir- or the 13th overall pick. Um, and also the Colts have agreed to give him $21 million a year. Only yeah. Aaron Donald Major is him. higher paid as a defensive yeah. tackle. And in the meantime, the Niners have also paid Eric Armstead. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, all of a sudden, two picks ahead of the Broncos aren't the Colts, but rather the 49ers. A team, mind you, that John Elway has very good relationships with, and we've seen them wheel and deal with these guys time and time again. So if the Broncos do need to get rid of some of those 11 picks – and maybe they've got that wide receiver offensive tackle target in mind. You call up John Lynch. You say, hey, we made this deal. We've made all sorts of deals. The latest one for Emmanuel Sanders, you want that pick back and we'll move up to 13. You move down to 15 and we get Henry Ruggs that way or Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. I don't know. Could yeah. be a play. The other thing is. The Colts were kind of, they gave us some security knowing the Colts were there because we kind of figured, like in my mock, they'll take Jordan Love or they'll take a quarterback, which the Broncos shouldn't be in the market in for, which will mean one of those defensive studs or one of the top four offensive tackles or one of the top three wide receivers were more likely to drop into the Broncos' lap at 15. Now with the pesky 49ers in that mix, but, you know, depending on what they do with Sanders for sure could be in the wide receiver mix. They could be uh, a suitor for, say, Derek Brown dropped a little bit. They could pounce on him. They could pounce on Javon Kinlaw. So they could be one of those pesky teams that now take one of those targets for the Broncos and this nightmare scenario that we've talked about with some people and we'll get to when we get to all your questions um, – it, it does make that nightmare scenario of one of those top 11 to 12 guys the Broncos should really like not dropping to them because now instead of the Colts, it's the Niners in that spot. So 
lots of different implications here for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Joe Tooney, the guard from the oh, Patriots, gets yeah. tagged. He yep. was a potential free agent target for the Broncos. Um, there's also Big the uh, uh, another guard. Who was the other guard who went off the board? Um, Brandon Scherf, Scherf earlier in the yep. week got, um, got which, which means, man, regardless of if it's Denver or some other team, Connor McGovern just made himself another like two mil um, just yep. by by those two guys getting tagged, you know, which is why this tender, this second round tender on Elijah Wilkinson looks like a pretty smart move, you know, because um, you yeah. shoot. We saw it with Billy Turner and Matt Paradis last year, too. Like these guys <laughs> that we might not value internally all that much. They're getting overpaid. So and Elijah mm-hmm. Wilkinson, just because he's like, a, a starting level guard who can in a pinch play as a tackle that's going to command a decent amount of value so take advantage of the fact that he's an rfa and, and keep him on a more cost-controlled team-friendly deal uh that's a smart move can't go wrong with that yep uh the dolphins signed eric flowers uh oh, to about 10 million dollars per deal uh um, <laughs> spain goes back to the bills so yeah. It was a big day for guards. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how don't that all shakes out. Don't overlook those guards come draft day like I sometimes do because, uh, yeah, they will get paid come free agency. It's crazy. They will. It is crazy. You know, I, I got back from Vegas, and I, we were just messing around on Madden, me and my roommate, and, like, looking through the rosters to see what everybody was rated. And they have Billy Turner as, like, a – sub 70 overall and i was like yeah i'm not sure Jeez, why they pay him so much man. money and it's like yeah we we all saw it coming he's a big packers fan we were talking about but yeah i don't know i don't know and yeah, again man. that would have kind I mean, of fit the mold of signings that i like you know you're right, not going after the big names right. you're you're giving market value to guys who could end up being better than their market value that totally. doesn't always work out though yeah no i mean it's Ugh. you gotta be careful overpaying those guys too i mean the the what is it? The sticker price? That's that'll get you every time. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's probably it for things that happen today, right? Yeah, I mean, there's your breakdown for the first couple hours of free agency and how it impacts the Broncos' off season, especially from a draft standpoint. Yep, I we'll guess Austin Hooper takes. becomes the highest paid tight highest end on the Browns, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know why. I didn't think he was that good, right? No, like but, like maybe I mean, he's like the fifth best tight end. We should get fair? Mace on a on a, one of these. Um, just call him in because Mace uh, pumped out this morning his top hundred free agents of the class. I think he had Hooper as the fourth guy on that list. So really, I mean, he's definitely a receiving tight end that's really come along in a big way. Um, but yeah, and and the contract seemed, you know acceptable enough it's not like he's getting 21 a year like the force buckner but yeah i felt like mm-hmm. boy you're overpaying him a bit like i i never felt like the falcons were that high on him you know yeah yeah exactly um it's also and one then of those to replace where, like, him the falcons trade for hayden hurst but yeah back to yours right right for like a second round pick so they kind of over gotta mention too. it <laughs> um jeez man yeah i mean we just overpay and it's like I was watching DJ Reader tape and thinking, like, man, 
Like I underrated this guy in college because I thought he was kind of a one-dimensional nose tackle. Mind you, he kind of still is, though he can play some D-end and he can rush the passer a little more than you'd think. Um, but it's like, even if you're somewhat limited, if you do that one skill at like high-end starter level, the NFL is mm-hmm. going to pay you. Like you're getting paid. Corey Littleton, so, Joe Schobert. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, Joe Tooney. Like all, all these guys. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah they, they were barely fringe top 100 picks for me, but they're going to be paid mad money. And it's just something to keep in mind as you do these these rankings and really remind yourself what what matters is what these guys can do and not dwell too much on what they can't do yeah we'll talk about that more that's a good point i think as we go through our mock drafts and stuff that might be that's definitely something i'm going to be thinking more about Mm -hmm. okay for sure um i think we want to talk about some pro day stuff maybe uh Go through like a worst case scenario for the Broncos. Obviously, get to all of your questions. But first, yep. I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery. Um, if you guys need a way to pass all of your time in quarantine, I suggest you drink a bunch of Breckenridge beers. Um, it's going to be like nice and warm and sunny outside. It's going to feel like summer, but you're not going to be able to go out there. How about a strawberry sky so it feels like you're outside enjoying it? Yeah. What do you think? So, yeah, I, I mean, think that's like the perfect. Even- you could even go out there and, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think uh, I think not only day drinking, but I think walking with a beer is much more acceptable mm. in these strange and unusual times we live in. Um, yeah. So, you know, keep a healthy distance from other people. Take a, take a little walk here and there and uncork a Breck brew. I know we got a, we got a nice little variety pack to keep things fresh. At the Simone household, so we've been enjoying that. Uh, Kate went with. A, Damn, I, I might have to swing by. Hey, man, uh, keep keep a healthy distance, and uh, <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> I, was, I was sure you were just gonna slam the door in my face, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, man, you're more um, than welcome to. So I've been enjoying the lager. Kate's been enjoying the agave weed and the vanilla porter. Mm. Um, what about yeah, Lucia? Man, I'm sure. Lucia has not. Lucia was requesting for a sip, and I was like, "No, this you're not old enough." <laughs> Alcohol kills coronavirus. I think it's the only way. She's she, she's two now, right? She is two. Yes, had a birthday yeah. very recently. So, yeah, huh. yeah, man. Maybe but maybe, it is maybe a great it's like two way to sips. Pass the time. I very yeah. I mean, even a sip wouldn't kill her. You know, it's 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 a I know it's a sample, but I figure work. I figure she can try it when she's like five rather than when she's like two. Okay, we're gonna have to get like a countdown sheet. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make one like her first breakfast. You, you know, they they make those calendars back when people had like physical calendars. We like rip off the page every day. I'm gonna I'm gonna right. get one of those, but just until Lucia is allowed to try Breckenridge beer. Sounds great. Okay. Um, Also, (laughs) want to tell you guys about uh, the incredible products that you can find from Strava Craft Coffee. Um, So what Strava Craft is, is basically CBD-infused coffee that you can get in grounds or in beans or uh, in K-cups. So pretty yep. much however you want to drink your coffee, they can help you out. And you can get 20% off 
using the code DNVR20. So it'll fix whatever problems. Do we know if CBD fixes coronavirus? Yeah, the, the research just hasn't. We, we haven't done the research quite yet, but um, we're working I think on we it. could speculate, though. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I believe it. I'd be willing to guess read, that it does. Wildly, wildly speculate. I think that's a note you have on your <laughs> Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's the that's the direction that Brandon always gives out. Like, wildly yeah, just just speculate. get out there and speculate. Yeah. yeah that's definitely yeah, so, a note our higher ups are always giving us is wildly speculate. Please. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh God, so if hey. you have IBS, coronavirus, whatever, why not see if StravaCraft works? <laughs> You don't have to go to the store for it. I, I went for to the science. store today. Disaster. There were no carts. There was no bread. I believe it. Um, I believe it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be eating hamburger buns, I guess. That's nice. all I could come up with. The, the <laughs> hey, brand of cold always, brew I had was out. Order some food, brother. Order some food. You'll be fine. Mm, order in. Yeah. Yeah. Be good. We need to support the local businesses. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Like exactly. our That's own. our mentality is. Yeah. Same. Yep. Yeah, same. Same. Yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna Uber <laughs> eat from my bar. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Huh. Uh, and I just touched my eye. But anyways, I hate I, that. Uh, oh my can, goodness. I know. I know. The worst is these video chats, and I see how often I'm touching my mouth and eyes. And it was so bad. <laughs> um, I, I was only on the phone for this morning's chat. I didn't have like the video part of it, which is disappointing because nice. there were a bunch of like visually based jokes. But yeah, like the CBS four guys, Romy Bean and Ryan Green. What great name! Yeah. I never realized their names rhymed. But uh, they were down at the bar a couple wow. days ago, like shooting a thing on how cool our new bar is. And <laughs> I was in the background like the entire time. Like thirty seconds in, I walk in and they're like interviewing the corner, and I do like a massive double take. Just, it's like massive, and then a big smile, and then I stare at the camera, and then uh, eventually I realize that where I was sitting was a. Uh, still in view of the shot and Allie tells me and so I have like a little freak out I have like dumb waves back there but at one point I'm just like rubbing my hands against my face I can see on camera I'm like I just walked into a bar sat there for two minutes and started rubbing my hands all over my face you can see (sighs) exactly what Henry's describing on Twitter where we've linked this (laughs) video yeah I really embarrass myself just the Hank watch portion of it is pretty classic um, but regardless, I was, I was like I got hooked up delusional. with Strava whole beans and I got a grinder. Mm. So I'm enjoying that. Actually, I bet you do. I should make a nice little afternoon Strava coffee because it's really it's the greatest afternoon go to because it takes away those jitters and all that other BS. And they deliver, which is great. What's the code they can use, Hank? DNVR20. Yeah, man. 20% so, like, off. Take advantage of that. Best way to support us right now is doing stuff like that. Um, you know, is supporting our sponsors with like codes we give out. That's you'll find few other better ways to support us um, in these times where you know we just gotta we just gotta lift each other up. So um, yeah, do it up, but not physically. Yeah, we have yeah, to maintain yeah, yeah. separation. Don't, don't be picking people up literally please i'm gonna try my best um okay uh sports yes please what are the biggest takeaways from the pro days well um 
it did wonders for uh you know two of the combine guys like davion taylor and tony brown to be back and at at home in a familiar setting because tony from a scout i talked to ran a four five flat some had him as low as a four four nine and then a 36 inch vertical so improved on his numbers from the combine in a huge way and then when steven montez the buffs quarterback was going through his um, choreographed, uh, th- you know, throwing drill, which is what all quarterbacks do at their pro days. Tony clearly stuck out, really doing a great job of showing his natural hands, extending away from his body, catching everything, even if it wasn't on the money. And then Davion Taylor, the the stud athletic linebacker for the Buffs, who's just so raw. The NFL's going gaga over him. He... Um, he unleashed hell on his pro day running a four three nine, improving his already top Ugh. 10 vert for his position with a 36 inch vert. Go on my Twitter handle to see him jump that. And then a six, nine, six cone drill. Like what a freak. I talked to Davion. I asked him, our teams like talking to him as more of a, a hybrid safety almost he said that hasn't happened as much but um he's feeling a lot more comfortable as a true middle linebacker after playing more as you know what was it that man a money backer in um yeah money star he back and forth right and at the buffs they moved around so much like early in his career he's an edge rusher outside linebacker yeah Yeah. he becomes that that star money guy by the time he's at the senior bowl he's a true middle linebacker and I think where you'll really end up playing is going to be as a will backer. So boy, he, he's yep. across the board and maybe we'll be that hybrid, like safety nickel guy. Um, so anyways, he absolutely killed it. Steven looked really good in his drill, uh, in his, you know, throwing stuff. Um, it, it, you could see he, unlike some guys, some guys want to go there and show you like, Hey, I've got a stronger arm than people say, or, um, I, I'm better at throwing on the run than people think. Stevens checked those boxes off like for days. Steven was showing I've perfected my my uh, footwork. He definitely did. Look for more from that coming on a great piece I have coming where I talked to Jordan Palmer, the quarterback guru, and why he chose to work with Steven and what they're working on and all that stuff. Great insights from Jordan Palmer. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Um, and you know, so his footwork was really crisp. He's thrown with better anticipation. That all comes off that footwork, right? Cause it's just getting you in rhythm. He looked accurate, um, good ball placement and an anticipation. So he's checking off those boxes that are important for him. Um, so that was nice to see. I saw, um, Alex Changum, there were like five different media people I talked to on the day. All of them were like, so who's that guy? Because Changum, as you know, looks the part. Hank, he oh, is yeah. ch- chiseled for days. Comes in at 6'2", 244. So not incredible size, but boy, he just looked like a, truly a football Adonis. Um, and then after when I finally was able to get some times from scouts and stuff in the, you know, like he, they're always more friendly in like the elevator going back to the parking lot, right? He ran a four four eight, <laughs> um, 
pretty good stuff on the shuttles and three cones. So showing that agility as an edge rusher, 27 bench reps too. Um, jumps weren't great, but he definitely helped himself like get a, get an invite. Um, Mikhail Onu was a little disappointing. The, the, the safety was transferred. One guy who I think will definitely get looks on the buff side is Delrick Abrams, the big corner. Yeah. Um, former Juco transfer. He runs a four five. He's over six foot one, just under six, two, uh, decent on the jumps as well. So, you know, he's a guy who for those Seattle style cover three press defenses Mm -hmm. where they really want lengthy corners. He, he, he did himself some favors. He's, he's another guy who will be at camps, uh, at the start of his NFL career. Yeah. Um, I actually ran into Tim Lanott this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and talked to him for a few minutes, and he was pretty happy with how he did too. Did you think anything? Do you notice anything about him? Man, like he just looks like such a guard. It's hard to, it's hard to kind of project him. You know, and former highly rated recruit, uh, he's just lengthwise. He's he's on the short side. Um, yeah, and athletic athletically like you know nothing stood out so nothing that popped and you know it's not like any team sent specific o-line coaches to work him and some of the other guys out um but i'm pleased that he thinks he did well and helped himself you know arlington hambright would have been the guy i Mm -hmm. had higher expectations he comes in under six four so not great length for a tackle um you know, his reach wasn't super long and the testing underwhelmed a little bit there with the athletic numbers too. Uh, so yeah, a little underwhelmed by the two, uh, O-line starters on the buffs who definitely have okay. that experience. Yeah. Um, if you were to pick one of the guys at the buffs pro day, who you think is most likely to be a target for the Broncos, who would you choose? Davion Taylor all day, every yep. day. And again, that's kind of what we were talking about. He's he's mm-hmm. likely a cover specialist, and he's yes. the type of guy that you probably can find on day right. three. Still, you think, and uh, I, maybe I even plug him in early on day three. Um, but right, if you want kind of that one-dimensional cover backer, why not use a third or a fourth round pick on Davion Taylor rather than paying Corey Littleton like ten mil a year? Exactly. Exactly. Like, like shoot, Corey Littleton would be better at read similarly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Littleton's yeah. better now, but maybe in four years, Davion's better than Littleton. Yep. And the thing you about know? Davion is they just keeps getting better. He hasn't been playing football that long. He's been playing four years of football. His position keeps changing. He's an all pack 1200 meter dash sprinter. And he's a linebacker right. who just tied Isaiah Simmons with a four three nine for the fastest forty time of any linebacker. Like there's some very right. obvious upside right there. And if you think you can get him in early and let him just line him up against Travis Kelsey and see what happens, because it's not like anything else the Broncos have tried is working. Like just, just go with it. See if you can right. develop him. Hundred percent. Tony Brown. Hundred percent. Uh, now. Now that you've gotten to see him up close a little bit, um, I want to throw a comp at you. What do you think of comparing oh. him to Justin Jefferson? Interesting. Um, 
Oof, I guess I could see it. Um, I think a little less of a dynamic athlete and maybe a less well-rounded uh, route runner. And the fact okay. that, you know, like Jefferson has more experience inside outside. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see like, yeah, would you rather Justin Jefferson at 15 where he's a little bit of a reach or Tony Brown in round five? Um, yeah. And even round five might be a bit rich, but I kind of see him in that same mold of he's not a burner. He's not Mm -hmm. a jumper. He's not like a massive guy. He's, he's like a producer and he just goes out there and gets the job done, runs his routes. Um, right. Brandon Lloyd style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, He's reliable. I mean, he's super reliable. I mean, I like the kid. I think you put him on a good offense he could be a, a little bit like Ola BC Johnson. Uh, Rams mm. fans watched BC for for a couple different years. Um, always thought he'd break out, and then you know there was just always a guy who was getting more touches and more media attention ahead of him, between Gallup mm-hmm. and Preston Williams and Rashard Higgins before that. So BC was always stuck in that like wide receiver number two role, and then he goes to the Vikings kind of a surprise draft pick. And again, it's like, well, man, he's going to be buried behind Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. But then he still found his touches and kind of succeeded in an offense like this. And now if Diggs is gone, BC's opportunities might really open up. Yep. And I could, I could see Tony Brown kind of having a similar, like he'll be underlooked, but then second half of his rookie season might get more touches than we thought were possible and then by year two maybe you're feeling like hey this guy this guy might have some staying power um so i really hope he goes to a team with a good offensive coordinator and a good veteran quarterback and like you know can kind of have a similar trajectory yeah and and i want to see him in a more downfield offense you know, yes, not exactly. not as much of a dink and dunk West Coast type scheme, but have him make yeah. his breaks 15 yards downfield because that's where he's at his best. Um, totally. He isn't he isn't one of those catch a short ball, go make a play after it's he's going to get just enough separation that if the quarterback hits him, you know, he's going to catch the ball. Um, right. Right. He's so, just so reliable, man. But I mean, exactly. I thought this pro day really helped him because that that combine kind of put a damper on what was really yeah, a was, nice breakout season now he's got yep. that momentum back i know it was so crazy like thinking about it you know i i talked to him probably a week before the season started um and again there was a lot of competition among all the bus receivers so i asked him i was like yeah. you know there's there are a lot of guys and there aren't that many snaps how confident are you that you're going to get as much or be as much of a part a part of this offense as you should be he's like i'm i'm not worried about reps or i'm not worried about snaps and i was like huh interesting okay and then it turns out that he was the buffs best receiver in half of the games this year did so, he just assume visco was gonna get injured yeah i Yikes. guess i guess <laughs> but but yeah yeah, I don't know. That was that was one of the, like the moments I look back on. Like, oh yeah, I was way off on Tony Brown, but yeah, the, he's right, right. I don't know. Happy yeah, for him. No one expected that. Yeah, 
at all. It's like Dimitri mm-hmm. Stanley, Daniel Arias. Like, where does Tony Brown stack up? And it's like not even in the conversation with those guys. Right, like behind KD and Visca, and then those other two, and even Visca's mm-hmm. little brother somehow, mm-hmm. you know, to some extent had more fanfare. And then Tony just came in and was old, reliable, you know. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he can do for sure. Uh, same with Davion. A little disappointed Mikhail didn't show better, but not all that yeah. surprised. And because as as right. I've talked to him, basically he, what he's been saying is. Well, pretty much all the time that everybody else is dedicating to getting bigger and faster and stronger, I'm dedicating to rehab, trying to get over this leg that I broke. Right. And so he kind of right. he he he'd known for a while that he was going to be a step behind everybody else. And you just feel for a guy like that, you know, because with Visca you have the injury problems and you you feel for him, but that's the difference between him being the tenth pick and a second round pick. For a guy like mm-hmm. Mikhail Onu, that's the difference between being drafted and not drafted, or maybe drafted and not even getting a camp invite. Um, and it's just because he broke his leg in practice on a weird play. When he actually intercepted a ball in a drill in practice, he landed with his leg wrong, broke it, and missed the last game of the season and spent the last few months rehabbing. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, you want to run through a mock draft? Sure. Let's do it. Sure. Uh, Let's and then do we'll the go first 15 picks. Take some questions. Let's do the first cool. 15 picks. Oh, I'm excited. Um, how do you want to do this one? Do you want to do like our projections? Do you want to do a worst case scenario for the Broncos, a best case scenario for the Broncos? No, let's just do our projections fresh on what what we've learned today. Awesome. I like it. Okay. Um... Let's see, I gotta select all. Okay. Let's go. Um first up, the Bengals. You still mm-hmm. think it's Joe Burrow? I do. Okay. Uh number two, the Redskins. Still think it's Chase Young? Still think it's Chase Young. We've got a really good question about this, but as of now, I still think it's Chase Young. All right. Uh number three, the Lions. Okuda? Simmons? I had them going Simmons in my mock, and I feel pretty good about it. Okay. Uh, number four, the Giants. I kind of Okuda? feel like O-line help, mm-hmm. but yeah, I could see them going wide receiver or one of the defensive studs. Um, I just feel like they've got so much invested in that offense. They kind of want to add a stud offensive tackle, and I think they'll go with one of the high upside guys. So I was really torn between Becton and Wirfs. I gave them Becton mm. in my mock. Okay, let's go with it. Cool. Now the Dolphins. Two attack of Alo on the board, Justin Herbert on the board. I know. I mean, it feels like it's trending more towards Herbert. Um, not that that means anything, but he's definitely got the momentum after a really strong senior bowl and combine. Um, so I've done the trendy thing and gone with Herbert. I see nothing wrong with still going with Tua, though. So I defer to you, my friend. Mm. Let's go with Tua. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, and then next up is the Chargers. Do you think they go quarterback? I don't, it's crazy that they're still in this Tom Brady thing. 
Yeah, you know, it's like, really crazy. Um, it's starting to feel just kind of real. And as much as I think like Tom Brady's oh, yeah. on the downswing and all that, the idea of playing oh, him yeah. twice a year doesn't sound great. No, it doesn't. And I mean, them re- him single-handedly reviving the Ugh. Chargers defunct franchise wouldn't be dope either. I just I just hate the phrase single-handedly. Like I hear I hear Tom Brady single-handedly <laughs> inside the Broncos division. I'm just like, no, keep him away. Don't yeah. let him touch this. Like, even though, like, I, uh, I don't know. Well, the other thing is Melvin Gordon. If, if there's, there's also the rumors that Melvin Gordon could be coming to the Broncos, which you haven't had a chance to talk about. And this has nothing yeah. to do with this mock draft. But, you know, I was looking through all of his numbers, and, he, like, he's been hurt a lot, but he hasn't been nearly as hurt as I remember him having been. You know? Like like last year, twelve yeah. games. Year before that, twelve games, sixteen games, thirteen games, fourteen games. Like it seems to me like if you had said the worst season in the last five was twelve games, that surprised me. This is derailing things, but how would you feel about Melvin Gordon in Denver? Not at not at any any sort of competitive price. Okay. Like it would it would have to be less than $5 million a season. Okay. I think that that's yeah. a, a good call. I have been kind of talking myself into it just a tiny bit, though. Sure, sure. And I, I find myself doing that, too. Um, my scouting report all along with him was he either breaks a big one or he just kind of runs for two, three yards um, hmm. and will get you behind the chains. Uh, his the numbers he's put up as a receiving back are really impressive. And I think something yep. that will really intrigue Denver, um, where I think you're overpaying a bit. So, you know, okay. That makes sense. Um, back yeah. to the draft though, who should the chargers take? I mean, lots of people seem to think that they've got, they've identified their guy, um, and might wait till day two to draft the quarterback. And this will be Hmm. O-line. I still find it hard for them to pass on Herbert or Tua if if they they were staring them in the face. Even if they have Tom Brady. Right. You know, you can sit one of those guys for a year or two. Honestly, especially if you have Tom Brady. Like, you better have a backup (laughs) plan. Yeah. And and don't put yourself in the situation that the Broncos were in when Peyton Manning left. And, I mean, they had the whole Brock Osweiler thing, but they just had to go draft a quarterback and hope it worked. Right. And even then, I mean, they did try to draft Brock, you know, so. Yeah. 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 So I I still think it's Herbert, but I could see this being the second O-lineman. And this becomes a key pick because for the Broncos' sake, you really want Herbert to go here. Uh, you do not want an o- two offensive linemen to be gone by the sixth pick. That's not an ideal scenario for Denver. Nope. Let's go, Herbert. Okay, cool. Number seven, Carolina. Um, Okuda, Werfs, Derek Brown is right there. Um, CD Lamb. Yeah. I kind of think Okuda's too good a value to pass on at this point. I do too. 
I think that Derek Brown would probably might be my number two if I'm the Panthers here, but uh-huh. Okuda's too good. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Now we are to Arizona, and that's another one. Derek Brown could be in play. Um, mm-hmm. CD Lamb could still be in play. You think about that potential receiving core, Larry Fitzgerald, um, Hopkins, DeAndre Butler, Hopkins, Kirk, Isabella. Yeah, Lamb. they almost have too many guys. Yeah, I think probably. they either strengthen their defense when we add Mace on the pod uh, like a month ago now. Um, that's what he was saying was like outside of Chandler Jones, the the cards have nothing on offense, on defense and need to add talent. So I think Derek Brown would firmly be in the mix here. But I kind of think they go worse. I kind of think they go yeah. O-line, they patch up the O-line and they go with a guy who's like really athletic, versatile. And it's just going to fit fit their offense nicely and, you know, just say like, hey, Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, we drafted all these guys. You've got an offensive tackle now, too. You've got Kenyon Drake at running back. Like, there's no excuses, Cliff. You either make this work with this group or we start to have to reevaluate. And that kind of feels like where they're at. Yeah, especially because I don't think Derek Brown – takes them to a new level defensively. You know, like he can go make plays. He's a good piece to have. You put more guys around him and things get even better. But if you can't run up the middle, then just run literally anywhere else against this defense. Right, exactly. Uh, And I think that establishing that offense as a true strength is probably the way to go here. Yeah, totally. Want to go Werfs? Yeah, let's do Werfs. All right, on to Jacksonville at number nine. Um, and this is where I think it starts to get interesting with the Broncos trying to trade up. Yeah, you know, if yeah. if CD Lamb is there at number nine, we have you, you, the Broncos have those extra picks. Like I said, you don't want to be making eleven draft picks. Like no, it's just too much. You you got to consolidate them somewhere. And now you're starting to get into that range. Um, I think yeah, CD Lamb has to be in the conversation here. Derek Brown has to be in the conversation here. Um, mm-hmm. What do this, you think? This would be the absolute floor for Okuda, who I yep. doubt. I think that's drops good. Anywhere pick. close to this, but you know, with Bouye and Jalen Ramsey both out of town, cornerbacks maybe the biggest need of all. Derek Brown's mm-hmm. definitely a huge need. The wide receivers definitely a big need. Um, and as you said, I, I think at this point they're very much in trade down mode. Also. This team could be a sneaky contender for a quarterback, as would Carolina at seven overall, if one of those top three guys were to drop, right? Um, Just from a marketing standpoint, the kind of juice they could get. I'm going to go Derek Brown, uh, kind of a boring pick, but with an impromptu mock, I don't want to go too far off the reservation and just stay on the safest side. So I'm going to go Derek Brown here. Okay, so C.D. Lamb falls to 10, yeah. uh, which is the Browns. Um, but they're stacked with playmakers, especially after bringing right. in Austin Hooper today. Austin Hooper, Did, right. And I think it kind of puts them in that same position that we're talking about with Arizona. Um, yeah, exactly. You have the weapons. You might just want to start building an offensive line 
and saying, you know what, we're going to be able to put up points with anybody. We'll deal with the defense next year. Totally. Yeah, I think Jedrick Wills or Andrew Thomas, you can't go wrong with either at this pick. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of who fits that Stefanski offense better. I mean, I think it's Andrew Thomas, just from the the agility stance scores at the combine, his ability to play at left tackle already in college. Exactly. Um, I I think that's what does it for me. Right. Out in space, Wills isn't as dynamic, certainly. Um, So, yeah, I think this is third tackles off the board by the 10th pick. And it it could have been all four were gone if that's the way we went with the Chargers. So, like, kind of prepare yourself emotionally. Broncos will have to move up to go get that tackle if that's the direction that you want them to go in. Yep, and I think for the Browns in particular, when you have all those weapons, when Baker Mayfield's going into year three, you kind of need right. something to happen offensively this year. Take Andrew Thomas. Oh, yeah. You know you know his floor is a, an average NFL left tackle at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. On to the Jets now. With Will still on the board, with C.D. Lamb still on the board, if they lose Robbie Anderson, then that could be even more yeah. of a need. Right, they Ruggs could replace him too. one for one with Henry Ruggs. Ugh, I don't yeah. know. And yet, I kind of feel they just pounce on Wills. Yeah, stick a dagger yeah. through our hearts and and the offensive tackle dreams right then and there. I also sneaky contender for a cornerback. Um, you know, mm. C.J. Henderson seems crazy, but. When you when you've been a high pedigree corner your entire career, your concerns are more on the tackling physicality side. I could see Henderson being the pick here too, if those offensive tackles were already gone, if there was a run on wide receivers. Um, but no, I, I'm going Wills here. I'm going Wills. Yeah, I go Wills. And I think yeah. this is another opportunity where the Broncos could consider trading up. Um, mm-hmm. Good point. The Jets, a team that would be interested in accumulating picks. You look at where the board's at. Um, like we said, they have a bunch of needs. There are a bunch of good players on the board. Dropping back four picks and picking up another third rounder, second rounder, whatever. Yeah. That could be pretty appealing to them. But yeah, I good think point. it's Wills. Mm, same. Uh, and then the Raiders. Uh, this has Wills. to be a receiver now, though, right? Damn Raiders. Yeah, I think so, man. Um, and now it, the question is... Yeah. Yeah, which C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs, probably. You know, even though I... I for me, if, boy, if it's... I think Judy's maybe the best fit for what they're looking for, I guess. Huh. I know, because so, if it were the Broncos in this situation, I'd go C.D. Lamb, and then a half step behind him is Jerry Judy, and then a step behind him is Henry Ruggs, but it kind of depends oh. on the team. I think for the Broncos, I'd have them reversed. <laughs> no, it totally You'd have rugs depends one. on the team, man. Huh. I think I'd have rugs one for just what I'm... Wow. What, what the Over CD Lamb. And, and what we're hearing. Yeah, because you okay. want that vertical stretcher rather than... No, for me, they're exactly how you rank them. For what mm-hmm. I think I know about the Broncos, I think they'd have them... Um, uh, Rugs, Judy Lamb, potentially. 
Um, but you know, mm. it's dude, it's interesting. And what's interesting is the the Raiders got rid of an Alabama wide receiver and Amari Cooper a couple of years ago for a first rounder, and now they're going to use their own first rounder for another <laughs> Alabama wide receiver. <laughs> kind of um, looks that I, way. Yeah, I man, it's so hard. I don't think you, with these wide receivers, they could go in any which order. I think Ruggs is the pick, though, because people are just so enamored with him. Let's do it. 13 yeah. now. Again, San another Francisco potential trade-up spot. 49ers, yes, as you explained earlier. Big time trade Now, spot. Yeah. they're interesting. You know, a guy like, yeah. honestly, Henry Ruggs in that offense would be really interesting consider they have all like the catch and run type players um, i know cd lamb because I, th- I think they really do need some more help at receiver um, yeah but I also mean, a guy like depends. cj henderson there so like receiver a lot of that's gonna depend on what happens with sanders right because yeah you have a, you have a great tight end you feel good about your backs uh, your fullback's going to take away more catches than most fullbacks. Um, you've got Debo in there. You've got Emmanuel Sanders and Dante Pettis, a guy that they drafted pretty highly just a year ago on top of, like, what is it, Godwin's still there who's constantly injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've they've got options at receiver. I wonder, is this a Kinlaw pick? That's exactly what I was going to say. That's just a straight one-for-one one replacement mm-hmm. of DeForest Buckner. Right. right. Save and a bunch I mean, of money, probably downgrade just a little ooh. bit. but Oh, oh Henry. Oh, Henry. We, uh, we have Jack Conklin signing with the Browns. Do we want to go back and change that pick? Oh, 10? no. Oh, no. Uh, I know. Yes. So we gave them Andrew Thomas. Yep. Um, I think they wow. have to go. They have to go defense now, right? Agreed. So Chasson, Henderson, Kinlaw, Fulton. Oh wow. Man. Um. Wow, that changes things drastically. Interesting. Interesting. It does. Interesting. Maybe it's Kinlaw. I mean, and that's the beauty of free agency, you know. <laughs> yeah, every, everything we've been saying for the last six months, just just flip it all over. Every no, need that every right. team has. I think it has yeah, to be Kin- I think you're absolutely right. You you pair him with Miles Garrett, like mm-hmm. try to try to do that same thing the Broncos do, where it's get really good players with one on ones because the offense is forced to double team someone else. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so. I think you give him Kinlaw. Yep, and I think you still keep Wills at the Jets. You still keep Rugs at the Raiders, who've invested mm-hmm. a ton of money at offensive tackle. Now, Andrew Thomas, take him out of the equation. Andrew Thomas, very much an option for the 49ers, who have uh, you know an aging left tackle um, yep. in Joe Staley. Uh, DeAndre Swift would be insanely intriguing in their offense, oh. though I don't think that's the pick. I just... I have such a hard time thinking someone with the Shanahan name would draft a a, a running back in the top fifteen. Now, if yep. you're looking to replace the Forest back Buckner, do not overlook the potential of going for a guy like AJ Epinesa. 
And as you were saying, C.J. Henderson may be the person who makes the most sense. So I'd be torn between Andrew Thomas or C.J. Henderson. I defer to you, my dear friend. I think it's probably Henderson just because when you're in the position the 49ers are in coming off a Super Bowl appearance, I don't think you can plan too much for the future. You just take advantage of what you have. If you take somebody like Andrew Thomas, he's sitting behind Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey at the tackles. Maybe you push him into guard, but their guards were actually pretty solid. Um, yeah. I don't think you want to take somebody like that. And again, if, if there's if there's one type of team that could invest in a future starting tackle by using him as insurance for a year in case something does happen to Joe Staler, Mike McGlinchey. It probably is like this West Coast run-heavy offense that the 49ers are working with, the Shanahan offense. But when you're in a championship window, I think you got to take somebody who sees the field immediately, and that's probably C.J. Henderson. Yeah. No, I think I agree with you. Akello sadly was getting benched by the end of last year, so they need that second corner. I'm with you on Henderson. And I think this trade maybe makes a little more sense if you are moving up to target a guy like that and you figure uh, into round one, that second first rounder we can use on on that defensive line replacement. Also, you know, with what Bosa and D Ford and Eric Arms said we're doing last year, maybe you're not as concerned about the D line as some of us outside observers would be. All right. What's Tampa going to do? Break our heart. I don't even know. I mean, they've got it. So many needs. That's, that's what's crazy here. Um, Except for receiver. Really? I think it's gotta be Andrew Thomas though. Right. I mean, Andrew Thomas or a quarterback, Andrew Thomas or a quarterback very much in play. Um, Shoot. Let's give him Andrew Thomas. Yep. And so now the Broncos are sitting here with CD Lamb. Pretty much my and, ideal situation. And Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy, man. Could um, you imagine the Broncos having their choice between CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy? No. Insane. I mean, had you told me that two months ago, I would have said, A, I would have said some derogatory things about your IQ and intelligence, which wouldn't have been nice. And then secondly... <laughs> would have been pretty I, typical, though. (laughs) 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 and you know i would have said it's impossible that'll never happen that would be an absolute dream scenario they'd have to trade up like six spots to make that happen and now all of a sudden it's right there on the table it seems like a likely scenario um boy as wild as it sounds despite him being my number one rated wide receiver a guy i've been drooling over for months and months for the Broncos, because they're ranked so neck and neck, if I had to choose between Lamb and Judy, I think I go Judy. Though man, I know, maybe it's, that's it's so hard. Maybe like this idea of like fit being so different, and like, uh, I just don't see a scenario where Lamb fails. And there are parts of me that wonder, like, uh, would Jerry Judy? I don't know. Is he gonna be like an Amari Cooper? who, mind you, has carved out an insane career, but maybe not exactly lived up to the the hype coming out of Alabama. Or is he a Calvin Ridley? Again, great career, maybe not the otherworldly projection we had. While C.D. Lamb, to me, we could look back in like two years and be like, oh boy, that, that dude's a top five receiver in the league and just like dominant. Yep. Um, 
And and the oh, idea of having CD Lamb, Cortland Sutton, and Drew Locke's arm on top ugh. of Noah, yeah. Yeah, Noah Fant. Um, yeah, and then Noah Fant, and then they're probably picking up another receiver, and then Phil Lindsay could develop as a receiving back, all that kind of stuff. But again, this is a dream situation. As much as it'd be great yes. for the Broncos to get a tackle, I would rather see them get a receiver here. Mm-hmm. Like looking through my dream scenarios, it's like Isaiah Simmons falling, but that's not going to happen. Chase Young falling, that's not going to happen. Maybe Okuda. And then after that, it's probably C.D. Lamb, Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs in that order, and then the tackles. That's that's kind of how my Broncos board stacks up. So if you're picking at 15 and my fourth and fifth favorite options are right there, ugh, I'm, I'm just oh, drooling thinking about this. I know, just stupid value. So, yeah, you can't go wrong with that, man. I think... I um, think, I mean, both Jerry, Judy, I think you're very confident situation. in um, year one. Because he does have the footwork, he does seem like somebody who can just step right in and play. Um, yeah. C.D. Lamb, he's going to be making big plays early on for sure. But whether he is like uh, whether he's getting open enough to be an eight nine catch per game receiver, probably not. Maybe. Right. I mean, he's a freak. They're both freaks. I don't know. I know, man. This is just I so know. much fun, though. Yeah. That's great. It's a great scenario. Could not be better, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So who do you yeah, think? Total. Are we going Lamb or Judy? Screw it. We're sticking to the board. We're going Lamb, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. Well, that was a good time. Yeah. So. Um. Probably next up, uh, we should talk about our good friends over at Green Mountain Dental, where if you yeah. get a an x-ray teeth cleaning and checkup, then you can get the uh, free Sonicare toothbrush. If you mentioned DMVR, it's, it's a great deal. You guys need to take advantage. Um, Yeah. It's, it's an awesome place. It's it's like 15 minutes outside of Denver. Easy to get there. Yep. Great. What more do you really need to say? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Free toothbrush. I recommend those toothbrushes and, the good folks at Green Mountain and all they do. Yeah. Also, hygiene is very important right now, including inside sure. your mouth. So yep. take sure. care of it. Want to jump into Great some time. questions? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Um, yeah. I kind of want to go through. They're, they're, I miss this podcast, I guess. I think that's Yeah, same. same. You have your mom. Yeah. Mace has his 100 top free agents. I'm looking through. Yep. Uh, this, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah. And thank you to the NFL for starting their league year on time, because this is a blast. I, I needed this, man. I really needed this. So yeah. Start from the top. It's the best part of the week. Yeah. Um, how about the bottom? Sweet. And look, you guys want more of these? Just reach out. Now more than ever, we're curating the content to what you guys want specifically. We're already giving you a second one this week just because this one's really last week's show, which is delayed coming on Monday. Um, But yeah, there's my input. Let's jump in because you guys killed it on the questions. I'm so proud and honored and love you all so much. So let's dig in. Locked in. Asked. We should trade for Marquis Goodwin. 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 Um, I think it's good one. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We get our speedy guy, and he is only making $10 million over the next two years. That way, if Ruggs doesn't fall to us, we still are covered. If Ruggs does fall to us, then we have Goodwin, Ruggs, Stanton, Sutton. Yeah, not not the worst scenario. Um, I guess in a in, I would like him better than um, say like signing Anderson, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I think so too. Just because Robbie Anderson will be so expensive, I do still think that ten million is an overpay for Marquise Goodwin, though. Well, it definitely um, is because the guy's only. He can't stay healthy. He's played 20 games in no. the last two years. Um, so that's and in mass- that time, in yeah, that time, ahead. he has what uh, 580 receiving yards. That's over the last two seasons on a team uh-huh. that went to the Super Bowl, uh, five touchdowns. Right on a dynamic offense. So really, I only do this if a the trade is for like. I'd give up multiple day three picks, but I would not give up a day two or higher pick, obviously. Um, And I'm only doing this if I've already had conversations with his agent in that we're going to restructure the contract. Maybe, Maybe you give him a longer deal than what he's under right now, but it's at a lower average annual salary than what he's under. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's had one 500-yard season in seven years. Right, and he's only played 16 games once in those seven years. So He's uh, averaging under two touchdowns per year. I'd be concerned, though. Yeah. I love his tools. I love that speed. It's Mm -hmm. just like I don't... Mm -hmm. I I just warn against overpaying for a a guy that's constantly injured, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Our guy, Nick Geyer813, asks, either of you guys interested in a shirt bet that Chase Young won't be the second pick in the draft? Very intriguing because I guess between trade-ups or the skin saying, screw it, we're going with a quarterback and kind of treating Haskins the way the cards treated Rosen a year ago, you could see that unfold. Um I suppose I like the odds of Chase, them just staying there and taking Chase Young. So I will take that bet for the sake of having fun or that John Elway streak of not drafting Alabama guys continues this draft. Let me know. John Elway streak of not drafting. Okay, so he says the streak continues. Um, shoot, I'd take both those bets. I don't know if you want to take one, mm-hmm. Hank, and I'll take the other. Or since Nick has offered two different scenarios, there's one he would he feels stronger about, and we will take him on that. So yes, Nick, we're happy to take um, we're happy to take a bet on either of those. You let us know which one you prefer, and um, yeah, we'll go from there. But first time listeners or people who haven't listened through all of our last few shows and maybe haven't caught this, this is something fun I've done the last couple of years with our listeners. And Hank's kind of jumped in and will be part of this as well. Um, and we simply, you know, we always have different draft hot takes. And last year I kind of found a way to, to make turn those into bets. You approach us with a draft-related bet you want to take on. And the wager is simply, if you win, 
I will buy you a DNVR shirt and have it mailed to your place. If you win, if I win, all you have to do is buy yourself a DNVR shirt, have it shipped to your home, and you you tweet me, or even in the comment section here, you tweet me a, a screenshot of that transaction, you know, cover your personal information, but that you've done that. Either way, you're a winner and you get a great shirt and you support us and we can kind of have fun come draft time. So, yeah. Yeah. World, World of Suck asks, hey guys, I've been wanting to trade back in the first and accumulate some more draft capital, but I've done some math and changed my mind. By my judgment and calculations, we are nearly guaranteed to see a worthy player available at 15. Yes, I've been saying this a while. I've put together a little big board from the Broncos' perspective. I didn't rank based on talent, but based on how much I think players would improve the roster. Here's what I've got. So one Chase Young, two Andrew Thomas, three Tristan Wirfs, four Jerry Judy, five Isaiah Simmons, six Henry Ruggs, seven Jedrick Wills, eight C.D. Lamb, nine Derek Brown, 10 Javon Kinlaw, 11 Jeff Okuda. So I've been saying this too. I don't have Kinlaw in mine, um, but I have Mackay Becton. So it's essentially there are four defensive studs, you know, Young, Brown, Okuda, Simmons, four offensive tackles who are dope, um, Thomas, Wirfs, Becton, Wills. So that's eight. And then three stud wide receivers, Lamb, Ruggs, Judy, and that's 11. He... If we want to include Kinlaw, there's 12 for you. Um, so that's 11 players that I would be enthused about adding to the team, World of Suck goes on to say. And we know that Burrow, Tua, and Herbert will go before the Broncos pick. Let's hope. So when we include the QBs in the list, it becomes mathematically guaranteed that at least one of those names will be on the board at 14. Yes. The worst case scenario for the Broncos would be that all of those names are gone and we settle for Becton, who I don't think is settling, or Chasson, or Epinesa, or something like that. I wouldn't be enthused with that, but I'd be content. But draft history tells us that at least one team will reach on Jordan Love or someone else. It's not an accident that some franchises are always drafting in the top 10. Some franchises are just incompetent. So I'm 100% confident that we will get to pick from the list of 11 guys that I listed above. And though some of those guys are more intriguing than others, if we draft a guy on that list, I would go to sleep on day one of the draft. Absolutely enthused. We agree completely. Can't wait till drafting. Looking forward to more and more coverage of it as it gets closer. By the way, check out this beautiful but incredibly unrealistic mock I did today. Andrew Thomas, KJ Hamler, Bryce Hall, Antonio Gibson, Tyler Biadash, Jordan Elliott, KJ Hill, Lynn Bowden. Oh my God, he killed it. Um, yeah, yep. that's, we agree completely. We also had Nick Komet reach out to us in the DMs last week. He was also talking about a nightmare scenario where basically only two quarterbacks go in the top 14 picks and it takes those 12 guys out of the mix. So, you know, you, you just kind of split the difference between what world of suck. And I have said, we have a different top 11. He has Becton not in that top 11. I don't have Kinlaw in that top 11. Um, so yeah, you kind of need three quarterbacks to go. And then I think you're in a safe spot. Um, yeah. Uh, want to, want to talk about the order of those 11? Cause I think that's always interesting. 
You know, like Isaiah Simmons yeah, sure. being number five. And I kind of ran through my top four or five. Uh, we were talking about who the Broncos should take. But, uh, like, where does Isaiah Simmons fall for you? On my board. Oof. For the Broncos. For the Broncos. For the Broncos, I think he would be... Like top five, I think I agree. Mm, Chase yeah. Young's the, t- I agree. Chase Young's the top guy. Still for the Broncos. Uh huh. I think huh. Derek Brown is right up there. I think the wide receivers Lamb and Judy are right up there, in that top five, and then it's Okuda Simmons. You're kind of splitting hairs. I think Simmons is the bigger need than Okuda. So. Huh. Yeah, he's like my fifth ranked guy for the Broncos. I think and I'd have I'd him get number into one. The tackles as the very top guy. Interesting. Yeah, just because I mean, you mm. you think about what we were talking about for those linebackers. You know, you don't want a guy who can just cover. You want somebody who can tackle. Like he's that guy who you only get an opportunity to pick up once every two three years. Um, and it seems like the kind of guy that the Broncos are waiting for. Like you put him in the middle of your defense next to AJ Johnson, I feel like you're stacked. Like Chase Young, maybe would be just ahead of him, except that you already have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And I know because of that, like, I s- you you'd be comfortable you putting him in. By him side. being able to do what like Bosa did for the Niners this year. Yeah, I, I am, but that's why he's my number two. I think that Isaiah yeah. Simmons, like, boom, that hole is just fixed. Um, but then behind those guys, like, I have C.D. Lamb up there. Just because yeah, he yeah, is same. so dynamic. He does he does everything. Like, you put him in your offense, you're set. Like, he, he projects to me as a guy who's going to be not only just, like, a number one receiver, but one of the best number one receivers in the league. Like, I really like Jerry Judy, and I think he fits well with the Broncos, but you need him to... No, he he's a like fine mm-hmm. space route running type guy. And I mean he's number four, he's right there, and that's splitting hairs deciding between those two. Right. But right, right. I don't I don't know. It's yeah, no. It's tough. I think you make a good point. That's the thing. That top eleven for the Broncos, they are very closely ranked and mm-hmm. like there's not a ton of separation. I think there's No, there isn't. There's an elite tier that a lot of those defenders and wide receivers are in. Yep. I don't think the tackles necessarily have that super high end um, of a ceiling, you know, but they're yep. not that far off either. Yep. And so, and so really for me, I guess if we're doing tiers, I'd say like Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons are just right up there in that first tier. Right. That next tier, tier is like that um cd lamb jerry judy mm-hmm. and then that third tier is the tackles and rugs and okuda um right behind them and i don't think the right. separation between the tiers is massive but that's just the way i see it i think my thing with rugs is just that you see the potential for him not to pay like when you look at what cd lamb does like here's Wait, like that's going to be rugs on the very next question okay well then let's hold off i can read the next one Hopefully yeah, we have them in the it. same order. <laughs> Curious if there are any... Oh, and this comes in from Naderade. Curious if there yeah. are any concerns about rugs from an injury standpoint. 
for all the hand-wringing over John Ross. He's been pretty explosive for since he went on the field. Problem is, he's always hurt. Uh, so I, I don't think Ruggs has been that hurt, has he? No. He's been on the field I, a decent amount. He did have that concussion in the bowl game. I think he was dealing with a lower body injury earlier in the year. Um, but no, I mean, he ended up missing one game all season last year, and that was against Western Carolina where they just decided to rest him. Yeah. 2018, he played every single game. Mm-hmm. 2017. 746 yards, 735 yards before that. And, you know, so the comparison with Ross, who I don't know why people keep, like, dunking on John Ross. Like, look, I was the first one to say it was a terrible pick, 10th overall. My knock on John Ross was, A, he reminded me too much of Corey Coleman. So, boy, how things change. Hmm. You know, we're all just <laughs> going back a year and comparing him to the bust from two years ago. Um, and that he was just kind of a screen slant go route guy. So he really needed to be well-rounded without like elite size. And he missed all of his sophomore year with a very serious injury. So he's raw injury concerns, not great, like overwhelming size. Um, and yeah, I guess Ruggs is much more well-rounded as a route runner and doesn't have anywhere close to those same injury concerns. So, yeah, I'm not as concerned. The other thing I think people forget, because it's like, yeah, he's obviously high upside, and his big selling point is that speed. But Mm -hmm. Ruggs, I think, has a relatively high floor as well because of what he gives you as a decoy. Um, Mm -hmm. And his hands... His hands are so sure. He's so sure-handed. He's got these massive mitts, um, like under uh, right around the 2% drop rate. He reminds me a lot of what Will Fuller is with the Texans, only with way better hands. And think Will Fuller, like he's not necessarily a, a stud who's like, oh, he's my wide receiver one in fantasy. But he's a guy who, for that Texans offense, is key because he opens up all the space. It's like we always say, yeah. speed speed at wide receivers like shooting in the NBA. It gives you spacing. It opens things up for your offense. And so I feel like he's he's got a relatively high floor while also having a pretty high upside as well. So I, I'm yeah. admittedly not I'm as not... high on rugs as some. I still think. Yeah, me neither. You know. I think. Yeah. You know, in in the tape I've watched of Henry Ruggs, I haven't seen the route running. Like, everybody always wants to talk about how good his feet are. And, like, you can see the potential for it, I guess. But it does seem Uh like most of the plays he makes, it's just like. A, he's he's running to space faster than the defenders can run to space, and that's valuable. But uh, like when you watch Jerry Judy, it's like boom, 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 and his feet are so fast, and he's getting open, he's turning around, yeah. and there's nothing yeah, the defense yeah. can do. And those comeback routes are so sharp. Whereas right. like there'll just Good be point. a big pocket of space two thirds of the way across the field, and Henry Ruggs will just run like a big arcing route, and a lot of the same stuff that Tyree Kill does, and it works for him, and. It could work. And the other thing is that Ruggs just doesn't have the same production of those other guys. 
You know, 2018, yeah. 735 yeah. yards, 746 the next year. You look at C.D. Lamb, he has 807 yards, 1,158 yards, 1,327 yards over the last three seasons. Jerry Judy, 1,315, um, and then 1,163. Like, right. He's almost no, I mean, doubling up. Like those, those are the knocks, and that I just see. I'm like, there's some separation are, in my mind between C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, yes. or and, G- and and Henry Ruggs. Agreed. Yep. Uh, I think there's clear separation between those two and Ruggs as well. Um, and yeah, there is a big debate uh, with the more analytic and fantasy football inclined draft analyst who don't like rugs because of the same exact things you pointed out. And yeah, there's some debate about his route running because you're right. He's not Jerry Judy. I think what we like about Mm -hmm. his route running is he's more advanced than most college wide receivers. And boy, he shows a ton of potential with his change of direction, his ability to hunt space and all that kind of stuff you pointed out as well. So um, I think you've made some important clarifications and yeah, Naderade, I mean, the question is is legit. The the John Ross comps aren't insane, but the injury concerns are much less, for sure. I think one more note that we should make, you know, about this production. So this season Henry Ruggs had 200-yard games, put up 122 uh-huh. yards against South Carolina, um put up yep. 148 yards against Southern Miss. Um, I guess against yep. New Mexico State, he had a hundred. If you include his sixty-six receiving yards and seventy-five rushing yards, um, uh-huh. but then you compare that to C.D. Lamb, who he uh, had a hundred and nine. Or let's let's start here: one hundred and forty-four receiving yards against South Dakota. He had one hundred and eighty-five receiving yards against Texas Tech. One hundred and seventy-one against Texas. One hundred and thirty-five against Kansas State. One hundred and sixty-seven against Iowa State. One hundred and seventy-three against number seven Baylor. Um, one hundred and nineteen against LSU. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, like, then like again, like put rugs on that Oklahoma offense. He's probably doing all of that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's possible for sure. Uh, you look at Jerry well, Judy. The, yeah. Judy uh, 137 against Duke, 103 against New Mexico State, 103 against Arkansas, 114 against Mississippi State, 204 against Michigan. So there's is that yeah. separation in terms of what they actually did on the field that I don't know. You know, it's what happens this time of year, I feel like, though, where yeah. it's not just about what you do on the field because the workouts do matter and how fast you are For and sure. how you project does matter. But Sure. It just scares me a little bit more to go with a guy like Ruggs compared to C.D. Lamb or, you know, to a lesser extent, Jerry Judy. No, totally. And that's been the argument for the analytics and like fantasy football people who are very skeptical about Ruggs because of that. I just think he's kind of unique circumstances that we haven't really seen before with what, like three other first round picks at wide receiver on his team. Yeah. And only Najee so many Harris touches to back. go around. Right. Right. And I mean, how much did he play into that offense's success with his speed and big playability? Mm-hmm. And how much did that open up space for Smith and Waddle and Judy and all those other dudes? You know, we and, won't know. And then you look, at a, you look at a guy like Devontae Smith and say, how much did he open things up for Henry Ruggs? Because right. he's so fast. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's a it real just chicken and me. egg discussion. And I definitely, I agree with you. Uh, Judy and Lamb ahead of Ruggs fairly significantly, but Ruggs's 
immense upside combined with the fact that just as a decoy, he does so much for your offense. Ruggs is going to have a pretty firm first round grade for me regardless. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And I think he probably has a top 15 grade for me, but uh, Mm -hmm. depending on if we have the option to take Lamb or Judy, I, I still like them better. Right. Funny how we're splitting hairs, but yet we're still pretty high on the guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Yeah, I don't do? know. Well, it's going to be fun to see how all that shakes out. It's going to be so fun. And the thing is, we can't really have a draft podcast after pick 14 and say, here's here's the three, four guys the Broncos actually have the option to draft. So we kind of have to run through right. all those scenarios right now. Hey, man. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. Shall we move on? Uh, next we comment? Still got six more yeah. questions. You got this one? Uh sure. Uh this is Mile High Salute, who says, mm-hmm. Hello guys, and thanks for wonderful draft content. Trades scenario. Denver's on the clock at 15 with Henry Ruggs on the board. Casey yeah. calls and offers pick 32 Chris Jones and next year's second rounder for 15. Do you do it, or is the thought of seeing Hill Ruggs, Hardman, and Kelsey too scary? Ooh. That's an interesting one, um, especially because you have to dig into the contract for Chris Jones. Yeah, and can can true. the Broncos actually afford to pay another defensive player that much? Um, maybe. In terms I mean, of, I, I mean, if you could take thirty-two and next year's second rounder for fifteen, I'd be kind of close to taking that. I do, I don't think I'd do it, but you wouldn't be far off. And Chris Jones probably does push that over the edge. Yeah, man, I would take that a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, yep. I think when you add, yes, Chris Jones, the contract will definitely play into that. Let's assume he gets the Forrest Buckner type money, so twenty-one yep. mil a year. It's a lot, but this is why you're trading for him because he wouldn't be available otherwise. The fact that you still get a first rounder and you still get a second rounder for next year, really puts it over the top for me. I just think of how dynamic Chris Jones, Draymond, Jones, uh, Vaughn, Chubb, Justin Hollins, all those guys, maybe Atachu stays, all those guys could be getting after quarterbacks and how much just having those, those dudes up front would really narrow the gap between the Broncos and the Chiefs pretty instantly. So it's a yep. definitely yes for me. Yep. And I think looking at it from the the thought of giving this stuff to KC, I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think if I'm the Chiefs, I, who knows how it's all going to shake out. We were talking before we jumped on the podcast about uh, Sammy Watkins. He's, he's due a $21 million cap hit this year. The Chiefs can cut mm-hmm. that to seven if they cut him. They can just save $14 million if they cut him. Right. Or, you know, right. if they maybe trade him, they could do the same thing. Um, so that's still on the table. But if I'm the Chiefs, I don't know that I'm really targeting Henry Ruggs, you know, because Demarcus Robinson looked good. Um, they they have some guys there, and they might be wanting to invest in other places. Um, and also, when I'm making a trade, I'm not worried too much about how it's setting up the other team. Um, at this point, the Broncos just need to do what's best for them. And if it means they lose one game at some point, that's the difference there. That's too bad, but mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's more in the back of my mind than the front of it. Okay. Yeah, too good a trade to pass up. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Just ice, hold the water. Hello, draft friends. You know I feel like with drafts, it is very easy to mess up. Andre and Hank, mm-hmm. how can we screw up this draft? I feel like we possibly can't screw this up, but uh, are some possible outcomes that we can screw up our first pick or even more likely our second? Um, keep crunching the numbers, guys. Grind season, just ice, hold the water. Um I think that the biggest way they could screw it up is by not taking those guys that we've identified already. You know, those those right. like 14 guys that we hope one of them is on the board, those 11 guys, whatever it, what it, it ends up being. Right. By steering away from one of those top 11 guys, um, you'll definitely kind of screw it up from what could be a really incredible draft. And second round, I mean not addressing a need and going after a high upside guy who maybe is too risky of a pick right now is what could happen. And there are definitely some wide receivers and offensive tackles and corners and linebackers, even and interior defensive linemen who all fit that mold. Um, so, you know, when you gamble on upside, you make, you need to make a, a, a smart guess, a smart gamble, I guess would be yeah. what I'm saying. Um, yeah. I think when you get into the second round, like there are reasons those guys are second rounders. You know, if it's Visca that you're talking about, it's because you don't know if he's just going to be hurt uh-huh. forever. Yep. Um, yep. When you're talking about a guy like Jalen Rager, it's like, is he really going to be able to get open at the next level? Um, a lot mm-hmm. of these second round receivers I'm starting to fall on, and I think that's part of the reason I would like to see them go receiver first, tackles second, just because Agreed. the receivers seem like, a massive step up in terms of value um, from the second round to the first round compared to the tackles, which is still a step up, but I still have questions about so many of those guys. Right. And it's almost like the tackles, the top four, they have higher floors, but comparable ceilings to what that second tier of guys has. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. Um, Whereas the receivers, C.D. Lamb, I think, will be better than Brandon Ayuk, and I'm very confident saying that right now, whereas is Mekhi Becton going to be better than Prince Tega want to go? Probably, yeah, right. but you could right. you could see that changing much more likely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Nick um, Fangio Sweater asks, yeah. without living in a world of suck too much, what are the realistic options at 15 that you wouldn't like? Um, Mm. so yeah, we've kind of gone through this a little bit with the last couple questions. So anyone that's not in that top 11 to 12, right? So as much as I freaking love him, I think Deandre Swift would be a bad pick because it's just too early and you can find comparable running backs later on. Um, I think defense. Yeah, I think he's pretty significantly better than those mm-hmm. second round running backs. I I even think yeah. he's better than Jonathan Taylor. You, you know that that crew too. Yeah, but yeah. I'm still yeah. just not interested in taking a running back unless in the top Yeah, exactly. Like unless it's because he is falling. Like take advantage of him falling, mm-hmm. but don't just draft him. Right. Yep. Agreed completely. I mean, reaching on any of the offensive tackles or wide receivers that aren't those top seven guys definitely would be a bummer. Um, at this point, AJ Epinesa or one of the top linebackers like Kenneth Murray 
or Patrick Queen would be a bummer. Mm-hmm. But even I mean, then, it's just like, if it's right. one, if it's one of the linebackers, then you're saying, well, Vic Fangio chose him, and so I kind of trust it. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, like if he's saying the linebackers, just, sure. Right, exactly. And all those guys I just mentioned do still have like first round grades for me. It's when you mm-hmm. get into the next tier of dudes, and it's like, yeah, I mean, drafting C. one J. of the second tier wide receivers, right? C.J. Henderson, yeah, that Christian would Fulton. hurt. Yep, um, T. Higgins would not be good. Um, and go, yeah, like, and going back to that Trayvon tackles Diggs, receivers conversation, like, that yeah. tackles receivers conversation, it's like uh, Henry Ruggs to me. Is is more like the tackles in this class, and that I don't feel like they are locks to be that, and you know, so like I wouldn't yeah. be disappointed in the pick, but he—that's kind of why he is lower to me. We spent a lot of time on that today. Um, yeah, Rager would right. be disappointed, like you said. Belabor the Caleb on Chasson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Chasson would Delpit. be a bummer. Josh Uche would be a bummer. Yeah, Delpit would be Xavier a bummer, McKinney. You know? Yep, totally, totally. As much as I like Xavier, uh, that that would be a bummer. Totally, yeah. yeah. So I'm with you. But I think that there is still that chance that we get somebody who we don't think the Broncos can get, and then worst case scenario, you get somebody who probably should be drafted right around 15. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Uh, wanna, exactly. Want to move on? Yeah. Let's do Sand Monkey 27. Good morning. He says good morning. Andre. Oh yeah, yeah. No, do it, do it, brother, do it. Andre, your draft coverage last year was critical to me in my dynasty rookie draft. My question is, if I could reach out to you on Twitter and you could take a look at my roster and see what holes I may need to fill. We are an offensive and defensive individual player league, and unfortunately, I don't have high draft picks this year. So I'm looking for late round guys who could impact my team. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Hmm, you can definitely reach out anytime you want. Yeah, I don't know much about how that all works. It's, so much will depend. So much of those drafts, dynasty drafts like that, really depend on where guys end up going. Um, yeah. And that's going to be where the real intrigue for, you know, oh, he's in this situation where he'll get early starts and early production. Mm-hmm and can really do well. That's that's kind of the sweet spot. But yes, reach out. Any questions you have, shoot them on the pod. Um, happy to tackle any of these. I'm in like three different dynasties, so I really enjoy that, and I'm <laughs> thinking about that on my own. So yeah, happy to help any way I can with uh, any of your dynasty or fantasy needs. All right. Uh, Samuel B. Sue says, Hey guys, I very much enjoy when Mace joins you for the draft pod. He brings a different uh-huh. outlook on things and compliments you two very nicely. We like him too. Uh, yeah, with the meteoric yeah. rise of Jordan Love and the way Ruggs ran, do you think this means Judy or Lamb drops to 15? Uh, I think we've answered that one. Um, yeah, totally. In in my opinion, I think the Broncos should and will go offensive tackle at 15, then the second round draft a receiver, and then package some picks to get back to the second and draft an interior offensive line. Aside of the three centers, is there a guard that would make sense there? Keep up the great work, and I look forward to the film room pieces of the new free agents and draft picks. Nobody, and I mean really nobody, gives us better coverage on the Broncos. I really appreciate the work you do. We appreciate you too. 
Um, yeah, big time. Thanks, brother. Um, so we've, we've hit yeah. the potential for Judy and Lamb to drop. We've kind of touched yep. on our thoughts on tackle in the first, receiver mm-hmm. on the second. I have it flipped. Right. Um, what do you yep, think? Same. No, same, same, okay. same. Because, I mean, we just talked about this, basically. Um, yep. So really the only tack- the only question to tackle is what interior offensive lineman outside of the top three centers would you move back into the second round for? Short answer is no one really that I love that much. Um, but Natane Muti, if the Fresno State left tackle has been – Cool, probably play inside um if his medicals check out because he missed a lot of games at fresno um he could definitely be a candidate matt hennessy the center from temple very mobile good athlete um when re-watching practice uh from the senior bowl he stood out someone um some people also have Jonah Jackson from Ohio State ranked in that range. It's a little rich for me, but I'm also going off of the Senior Bowl stuff. I want to go back and watch more tape. But there's three names for you to consider um, as far as moving up for. Yeah, and I, I think that that's an interesting point he made, getting back into the second round. We've talked a lot about getting into the first round, but whenever I've tried to do that because I mess around on all of those apps, uh, oh yeah, I always feel like, you just need to have a pick in the second round. You know, so moving up yeah. from 46 yeah. to 30, it feels like there's just such a long wait when there are guys who are falling. You're like, oh, wow, there's good value there. There's good value there, but you can't take advantage. So maybe moving up and getting a second, second round pick using some of those thirds, throwing in one of those three seventh round picks, throwing in a sixth round pick, um, that might be a more realistic approach here. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what the Broncos want to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. I do think you have to consolidate somewhere, though. Um, oh, you, we have to, have to, have to. You can't it's, afford to bring in 11 guys. No. Three seventh-round no, picks, like use one on a punter, but two seventh-round guys, you know, the, the Broncos roster isn't what it was three, four years ago when we were saying, how can you fit anybody else here? But fitting 11 guys in is tough for any team. Yep. Especially where the Broncos are. Like, at most, you can bring in like three linemen, and you're still cutting some guys who probably get. No, nah, maybe they get. Yeah, an NFL job. Yeah, but I, I don't mean, know. You're, no matter how you splice it, you got to condense a little here. Plain and simple. Yep. Plain yep. and simple. Um, um, one more Henry, comment. Henry, you're so good at reading reading English words. I'm gonna let you ha- handle Count Loculus. <laughs> basically. Poem. I mean, the greatest comment we've ever had written. So, so please treat oh, really? it with the the appropriate amount of. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just beautiful. Okay. So, I haven't read it yet, so let's see how it goes. Count Locula says, "Let's for a moment." Ooh, this is gonna be a good one. <laughs> Inculcate your status yep. as omnipotent draft gods and deem your celestial meddling in the world of Broncos <laughs> affairs to be final and severe and proclamatory. Wow, what a great sentence. Oh my god. Enough postulation, oh god. that is. I'd like to hear your wishes on the outcome of the full complement of Broncos picks as you imagine them in a best case scenario. In other words, let's pretend the draft goes exactly the way you plan it for the Broncos, including trades and any permutations you can dream up. Please provide us, your humble listeners, with a final board that expresses your divine underwriting on the 2020 orange and blue freshman class. Somewhere or something where, at the end, 
The Big Dubowski will be sipping a Caucasian and thinking, that sixth-round pick really ties the draft together. Does it not? <laughs> Love the count. Wow, oh, it's so count. good. Count, yep. Thank you so much. That's just amazing. Um, it is. Gosh, what a beautiful question. Even Nick Geyer chimes in. <laughs> if they are draft gods, you are a creative writing god. Here, here. Very true. Ain't that the truth. Um, and yet, dare I say this question is is one that we could take a whole first two segments of the next draft pod to tackle. And I think that's a good idea. I was thinking about it. that's how we do it, is we say, Count, we love your questions so much. It will be an entire segment, if not multiple segments, on the very next draft pod. Thank you so much. I think so, too. That's the course of action Um, here, brother. Oh, also, the Broncos just signed Graham Glasgow. Four-year, $44 million. 26 guaranteed. There's Um, that interior lineman for you. So, pretty big. I like it. Joe. I like it. Yeah. Not knowing a lot about him, about him, but knowing that he's an interior offensive lineman who commands $11 million per year, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably a little bit of an <laughs> yeah, overpay. I, mean, um, I haven't watched a ton of tape of him at the Lions in the last couple of seasons, so I'll be digging I in. I bet you're about to, one though. Of our, yeah. One of our commentators said, you guys stay tuned for all the, the film rooms from free agency and what have you. All right. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited about Count Loculus' question, too. Yes. We're going to make this perfect. Early thoughts, receiver round one, tackle round two, likely trading back up into the end of the second round. But I'm not sure for who. Things get weird from there. Yeah. Maybe a running back? Maybe one of the Mm. big three running backs falls to the end of the second? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not so sure well, you need to meet, move back up, but we shall see. I would be tempted. Um, okay, if you guys have any questions, you can leave them on the comment section for the post for today's show at thednvr.com. And we'll touch on all those hopefully later this week, maybe Thursday or Friday. Um, honestly, all the days kind of run together because we're all locked inside. But, yep. you know, it's just how the world works now. Uh, really appreciate hearing from you all. Um, feel free to give us a rating on this podcast or a review at iTunes or Spotify, or wherever you listen. Really appreciate those. Those are huge for us during mm-hmm. these times when a lot of what we do is kind of in flux. Um, appreciate you all for listening. We'll talk to you guys later this week.